Will you please pray with me? Holy God, we just come here today so humbled by your presence and by this opportunity, Lord, to to know you better. We just ask, oh Lord, for you to remove any barriers that would stand in our way of hearing what you have to say to us because, Lord, it's only your words that we won't heard. Nothing from me. Lord, may you just open our hearts, open our ears, and just give us your peace and your wisdom and your guiding word. It's in your holy and precious son's name that we trust. Amen. Today in our Bibles, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and the very last sentence of 1 Corinthians 12. But before I get to 1 Corinthians 13, I want us to talk some about 1 Corinthians 12 because 1 Corinthians 13 obviously builds on what chapter 12 has to say. And in chapter 12, we find Paul writing about spiritual gifts. And and about how when we come to know Jesus as Lord, when, when we come to know his truth, the Holy Spirit comes and makes a home within us. And that the Holy Spirit places within each and every one of us particular gifts. That each and every one of us, no matter our age, has gifts. That we have something to contribute. Because in Scripture it says, and I can't think of where it is at the moment, in Scripture it says that in each particular community of believers, that the Holy Spirit ensures that all the gifts are present within the body of believers to ensure that God's mission is fulfilled through that body of believers. That each and every one of us is necessary. That each and every one of us has gifts to bring to the table. That no gift is lesser or greater than another gift. And that is sometimes really important. Andy sometimes says that, you know, the preachers and the musicians, those at the front sometimes get too much attention, but it is every piece of the puzzle is everyone's gift that makes this church what it is, is everyone being present and taking ownership that makes the body of Christ work. It takes all of us. It takes all of us being willing not to belittle our gifts, but to own them. It takes all of us choosing not to, choosing not to concentrate on perfecting our gifts necessarily, but on just being faithful with our gifts, on being faithful to use them And trusting that even if we don't think it's perfect, that when we are faithful, 
that that's all it takes. It's just us being faithful with the gifts that the Holy Spirit has placed within each of us. That's getting out of our heads about our gifts and being willing to step out of our shells and to put our gifts front and center, being willing to offer them up to the whole. But it's also important with spiritual gifts that we remember, because spiritual gifts, it, it becomes so about the individual when we talk about spiritual gifts. It's about what gifts each of us brings to the table. But spiritual gifts should always be talked about in terms of the whole. In terms of of how and why we use these gifts. Their purpose. The reason that we're doing we're doing what we're doing. And that's what brings us to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. As I said, we're going to start actually in the very last sentence of chapter 12, where Paul says, And I will show you a still more excellent way. He's going to show us a way to use our gifts as a community of believers, as individuals who come to this table, to this community. And I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part And we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully even as I had been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. As Jordan said, this is considered the love chapter. 
And typically when we think about this chapter, we think about it in the context of weddings. Because it's a beautiful passage to hear in that context of of a couple devoting their lives to one another, committing to one another. The values of love, that love is patient and kind and does not insist on its own way. It's beautiful to hear those reminders, but, but this passage wasn't written just with two people in mind. This passage was written for the whole of the faith community. Because in marriage, those two people choose one another. They choose to commit to one another. In the body of Christ, we don't really choose one another. We choose Jesus, and we come here, and we find ourselves all choosing Jesus. And we look around, and we see other people. Other people who we may not necessarily associate with outside of church. But here and now we come together and we have this one thing in common. But it's... As a community, we hear in this chapter about the importance of love in this community. And we've said it before, and today won't be the last time we said this, loving is hard. Being in community is hard. Because all of us here have known what it is like to be hurt by others. All of us even know what it's like to be hurt by fellow believers. Some of us know what it's like to be hurt by the church. Some of us, all of us, have experienced what it's like when we're the ones who have crossed the line and hurt someone else. Love and community are messy things. And they're hard. And yet, here Paul devotes an entire chapter talking about its importance. Because the thing is, as not just any community, but as a faith community, as a people who are called the body of Christ, we have to remember that our foundation is love. And that in the context of faith community, that we have to be willing in in the body of Christ, to forgive one another. We have to be willing in the body of Christ to, to come, to muster up the humility within ourselves to ask for forgiveness when we have wronged someone else. Because in the body of Christ, we are a people who come together and are bound with one another by the name of Jesus Christ. We are a people who together have known and experienced the love of Christ. We have experienced what it means to have been washed clean by the blood of Christ. 
we are the people who know the truth of a risen Lord in this world in spite of in spite of the brokenness that we see around us, we see and know this truth. We have that in common. It's as the body of Christ that we come together seeking to choose God's will over our own will, over our own self-interest at times. And that's just, that's hard. But we know God's will for us. We've glimpsed it in Jesus Christ. God's will for us is to know love and to show love. And love is powerful. Look back at the, the opening verses of chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains or remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. So Jesus said, if you have faith, the power of the size of a mustard seed, you can tell a mountain to move and it will move. And yet this is saying that doesn't matter if you can move a mountain or remove it. If you don't have love, it's nothing. If I give away all my possessions, if I hand over my body, this is saying if you are willing to die for Jesus' name, but do not have love, we gain nothing. Because what's important here, what Paul is trying to remind us here, is that it's not about what we do. It is about the force that drives us. Because we can do everything that we think is right. But it's when we choose to be faithful, when we choose to act out of love, Love and faithfulness go hand in hand. All that matters is when love is our driving force, when love is the foundation and the root of everything that we do. Love is love is what we are to concentrate on as the, the body of Christ. But again, it, it's just... It's messy and hard because we are all broken people and we come to this place and and at times we are going to see brokenness slip in. We're going to fail. Sometimes we're going to fall flat on our faces and just want to, to hide in a corner. Sometimes we're going to want to walk away because because brokenness tries to slip in. But the thing is that we are able to love 
only because only because we have known love it is only because we have known and experienced the love of God that we are able to love one another that we are able as broken people to come together and to be called the body of Christ to be called a holy community to be called heirs to the kingdom of God sons and daughters is the love of God that changes everything for us as individuals and us as a whole. Because it's as John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world in order for the world to be condemned by him, but so that the world would be saved through him. We have known love because we have known the truth of a God who enters time to call us home and to hang on a cross till death for us to know our worth in God's eyes. We know the abundant love of God for each of us individually and for all of us as a whole. We have known the love of God. We experience it. And it is the love of God that makes a way for us as believers to come together with all of our flaws, with all of our gifts, with everything that we have, all of our differences, and be the body of Christ. It is the love of God that is the foundation and the centerpiece of who we are. It's the love of God that calls us here is the love of God that when we when we choose to trust him even with fellow broken people that when we trust him and choose to be faithful to his call to love one another that we may then love one another that we may come together and choose to walk with one another through the messes, through the miracles, through the valleys, and through the everyday. It's the love of God, not our own effort. It's the love of God that calls us and guides us. All we have to do is trust. Trust that God is who he says he is. Trust that he is the God we have come to know. And to just allow his love to refocus us and to drive us. So as a people who, who all know the truth of Jesus as Lord. 
as a people called together by God, given gifts by the Holy Spirit for the upbuilding of the community, for the purpose of together witnessing to the world what it means to be the body of Christ, what it means to serve a risen Lord. How are we loving one another? How are we loving one another? And how are we, or why are we doing what we do? Is it because we feel like we're supposed to? Or is it because we are choosing to be faithful and choosing to act out of the love we have for our God who calls us here? May we hold those questions in these closing moments of worship as the offering baskets are passed and as the worship team comes to lead us in a final song. The front will be open for, for any who feel led to come forward and pray, but may we take this time and begin to think about how we are living out the love as believers that God has called us to show. Let us pray. Lord, in spite of every flaw that we see in ourselves and every flaw that we can sometimes see in the church, because we are broken people called together, may we choose to see your love that fills every crack, every hole. It is your love, Lord, that creates us, the church your love that builds us up, your love that sustains us, your love that drives us, your love that has given us new life. Every time that that we just want to give up, Lord, may you just direct our eyes and our hearts to you so that we may trust you and trust, trust you enough to be who you've called us to be. Your body in this world for all to come and see and know of your abundant love. We trust you, Lord. It's in your son's name. Amen.